This is Jones Financial Talk with Herstel Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Herstel provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Jones Financial Talk with your host, Herstel Jones. Hello and welcome to another show of Jones Financial Talk with me, Herstel Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions and my co-host, Tony Shore. Thanks for tuning in for today's show. And just remember, listeners, if you'd like more information about what you hear during today's show, feel free to give us a call directly at 541-773-9567 or visit us online at www.jonesfinancialtalk.com. And remember, while at our website, feel free to click on the radio page to check out past shows and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Now, today's topic is money and relationships. But first, let's welcome my co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, how have you been doing? Well, I'm great, Herstel. Good to be here with you once again. Uh, Love hanging out with you, recording the show, and talking to our listeners each week. Uh, It's a great day. Uh, I'm having a great week. How about you? What's going on over at Jones & Associates? Doing just fabulous, Tony. Thanks so much for asking. Uh, You know, fall is in the air. There's no doubt about that. Uh, We're doing great. Kind of getting this fourth quarter, getting ready to kick off here and uh, do all of those year-end types of things for our oh, yeah. clients. Yeah, uh, We've also been doing some educational workshops, which is always a lot of fun, working with uh, and relating with the community members. So th- those are always fun to do, but uh, we're always staying busy, helping clients and uh, serving the community. Yeah, well, you're right about the time of year. I mean, we're coming up on uh, open enrollment for Medicare. I know that uh, you help your clients out and people out with uh, their Medicare questions and needs, as well as, you know, retirement income planning. And people are starting to think about taxes and where they're at for the year and how much money they're going to have to spend at Christmas, that type of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Money's on the mind. Yes, our money is on the mind, and our insurance division certainly stays quite busy this time of year. But uh, hey, what else are we doing? It keeps us off the streets, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and I love how, yeah, I love how you're independent and not beholden to one company or one thing, and that way you can look at what's best out there for your clients. And so uh, I think that's great. You're very diverse. You, you cover Medicare uh, all the way to investments, so uh, that's fantastic. And You know, I'm interested in today's topic. Uh, You said money and relationships. I always like learning more or still about my own relationship with money. Well, Tony, close but no cigar. In fact, today's episode focuses on money issues that actually impact your marriage or your relationship. Oh, okay. So So I was mistaken there. It's not about my own relationship with money. It's how money (laughs) impacts my relationships. I get it. Tony, we all know what your relationship with money is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spend it on pizza. No, but, all right. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's something that actually many of our clients have had to deal with at some point or another in their lifetime. You know, taking the time to actually address issues before they turn into problems can be very, very valuable. So one of our main sources for today's show is an investopedia.com article titled Top Six Marriage Killing Money Issues. Now, money can actually be a source of stress for individuals, couples, and actually any kind of other 
interpersonal relationships. In fact, according to an October 2018 American Psychological Association report, Stress in America, 64%, Tony, of adults surveyed are stressed about money. So clearly, money issues affect the majority of all Americans. Wow. Yeah. And money stress, I think that's something that everybody, all of us have probably experienced at some point in our lives. And I guess when you add in relationships, uh, that pressure cooker gets turned to 11. (laughs) Well, that's very, very true. And that's why today we're actually going to focus on a few money issues that impact couples, starting with keeping separate accounts. Now, according to the Investopedia.com entry, some couples decide to split expenses down the middle and pay their half out of their own private accounts. Often, this type of financial setup results in resentment about who gets to spend on what and when. So it can even evolve into a competition, believe it or not, Tony. So we actually see this with some of our own clients. I actually paid for this, so you must pay for that, right? That type of scenario or attitude. And that can just really start creating a negative energy between the two people. Yeah. Now, it... Now, in some cases, having separate accounts can also lead to one partner hiding money from the other. So the drawbacks of separating finances can also include reduced buying power and also eliminating other financial benefits that actually may come with marriage or the relationship. Yeah. So it seems to me like a joint bank account might be uh, a better option or another option, at least. I know that's what my wife and I do. We have a joint account. So what are some benefits to joint accounts? Well, that's a great question, Tony. In fact, there are several benefits to a joint bank account. So joint bank accounts are very common. In fact, according to the balance.com article, should you have joint or separate bank accounts, a TD Bank survey actually showed that 76% of couples said that they shared at least one bank account. Joint accounts tend to actually provide more transparency and spending for each person in the relationship, and they can actually streamline some legal affairs as well. So in the event of one of the couples passing away, joint accounts allow the surviving partner to maintain access to the funds. Now, in my experience, some married couples or people in relationships also find that it's easier to actually keep track of spending as all expenses are contained within one account. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You can track what your spending is overall as a couple if you have a joint account, and those seem like positive reasons to have that joint account. Well, they certainly are. Uh, However, there can be drawbacks to a joint account as well. Some individuals can feel like they have less control or independence when they don't have their own account. Joint accounts can also lead to issues if the couple isn't communicating about spending. Perhaps you both assumed the other was going to actually pay the electric bill and it never gets paid. Or in the reverse, it gets paid twice due to confusion. So communication is key. Now, joint accounts can also be potentially problematic when a relationship ends because both parties have access to the money in the account. Either person could withdraw the money and close the account without the other's consent. So this could lead to some very messy and uncomfortable breakup moments, if you know what I mean, Tony. Yeah, well, that scenario, though, Herstel, that sounds like something out of a movie. I mean, one partner empties out the account and skips the country. Uh, I would imagine that would make things awkward. Well, yeah, absolutely. Now, and just remember, debt is another issue that can actually be awkward and uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Debt is a serious issue for many Americans, and it can adversely impact a relationship. It can actually take many forms, whether it's credit cards or car loans, gambling, or so much more. 
So, you know, most people really bring debt into a relationship. At least, you know, most people do this. And debts that are brought into a marriage remain attached to the person who brought them in. However, there are nine states that have determined that debts uh, that are incurred after a marriage are generally owned by both partners. I didn't realize that some states had that rule. What states does that impact? These states, Tony, are Arizona, California, Nevada, Idaho, Washington, New Mexico, Texas, Louisiana, and Wisconsin. Oh, well, that's that's funny. All the states around Oregon, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. So remember, you're not liable for most of your spouse's debt that was incurred before marriage in these particular states. But any debt incurred after the wedding may be shared by both individuals, even when applied for by you know only one member of the relationship. So the bottom line is debt can potentially be a problem that causes resentment, especially if one of the members in the partnership or relationship feels like they're paying for debt that they shouldn't have to cover. Now, I recommend that couples discuss their existing debt before combining their financial lives. They could even potentially enlist the counsel of a financial services professional, preferably a fiduciary, to help facilitate the actual discussion. Now, in the next segment, we're going to actually look at a tool that we use at Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions to help examine how each individual feels and reacts to the market and overall risk tolerance, Tony. Well, and that's that's good to understand that. And I know that that's what you help your clients and you can help our listeners out with that. Now, our time is just about up for this first portion of the show. Is there anything else you want to share with us before we take a quick break here? Well, Tony, preparing for retirement is an important part of your overall financial process. And combining assets and, and liabilities versus not is a big part of that picture as well. But I would encourage the listeners to visit our website as it's a great resource of information, whether they would like to get access to my new book, The New World of Retirement, a guidebook, or even visit our video library. We have a lot of great resources that can really enlighten and empower and really help the listeners. And they can get there by going to www.jonesfinancialtalk.com or simply contact our office directly for a no-cost or obligation strategy session at 541-773-9567. Again, that's 541-773-9567. All right. Thanks, Herstel. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Jones Financial Talk and our host, Herstel Jones, right after this. The ups and downs of the stock market can be exciting, but not if you're near or in retirement. Predictable returns may not be exciting, but your needs tend to change later in life. When you are ready for a relatively more predictable financial plan, call Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. We focus on crafting effective financial strategies. You can get your adrenaline rush elsewhere. Give our office a call at 541-773-9567 or visit us at jonesfinancialtalk.com. Welcome back to Jones Financial Talk with me, Herstel Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. And remember, if you'd like more information about what you hear on today's show, feel free to give us a call directly at 541-773-9567 or visit us online at www.jonesfinancialtalk.com. And while at our website, feel free to click on our radio page to check out past shows and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Now today, one of our main sources is an Investopedia.com article titled Top 6 Marriage Killing Money Issues. 
And in the first segment of today's show, we looked at two different potential issues, joint or individual bank accounts and overall debt. Now, the Investopedia.com article refers to the next issue as personality, Tony. So they define personality as how you handle money. Are you a spender or are you a saver? Now, I'd like to take this one step further with the listeners and actually look at overall risk tolerance. So instead of just lumping each partner into a broad category, it can be very useful to actually learn what type of risk each member of the partnership is willing to be exposed to. Now, at Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions, we offer our clients the opportunity to actually color code their assets through the color of money risk analysis. And this analysis provides each member of the relationship with a financial picture and an overall roadmap, if you will, to overall risk preferences. And the result is actually a proprietary color of money risk analysis score. Now, this short interactive analysis is an important part of actually determining how to properly align assets and investments among red, yellow, and green money. Well, tell us more about that, about the difference in the colors of money. I know we've brought it up on the show before, but it is so important. How do you define that? Absolutely, Tony. That's a, that's a great suggestion. So red money are assets that are subject to more risk and can actually lose value, but that also provide opportunity for growth. These would be examples of you know uh, assets that are managed without the specific client's goals and objectives, risk tolerance, and overall time horizon in mind. Whereas compared to yellow money, these are like red assets. They're similar and they are subject to risk and can lose value, but these are professionally proactively managed. And the big difference is with the particular client's goals and objectives, risk tolerance, and overall time horizon in mind. And this one difference, Tony, can make a significant difference in the overall performance of those investments, especially given today's economic environment. Now, lastly, we have green money assets. Now, these are assets that have lesser risk, okay? They may not have as much growth potential as, say, yellow or even red money. However, your account is more likely to either stay level or grow, but not go down. So for the listeners out there, to actually provide you with your specific color of money risk analysis score, I would encourage you to go to mycolorofmoney at jones.com and take the 11 question color of money risk analysis survey, which is, you know, should take no more than five or 10 minutes. And what this does is it will really help us arrive at a specific risk risk tolerance level that we can start to have some great dialogue with the clients and we can actually uh, decide on the proper allocation for their assets based on their particular situation. Yeah. And that's always been an interesting tool to me. Very valuable uh, for our listeners out there. They can just go to the website and take that Uh, What's next on the list of potential relationship-harming financial issues? Tony, that would be that power play. That's another money issue that Investopedia notes that can actually harm relationships. Well, that's a hockey term right there. (laughs) That is a hockey term. Now, regarding finances, a power play actually occurs often when one partner is employed and the other isn't, or if both partners want to work but one is struggling to find employment. So a power play really deals with imbalance of income and how the individual with more income or most of the income can actually control how money is spent. Now, there may be some rationale behind this idea, but it's 
still really important that both partners in the relationship cooperate and communicate when it comes to spending. Tony, what I have found in my many, many years in this business, not only am I an investment advisor, I'm kind of a counselor or a psychologist uh, in, in many different ways. Not, Of course, not licensed, but at least I feel like <laughs> I provide that type of service. But what I have found is communication is key. That is the number one important thing regarding relationships and finances. Now, as we mentioned earlier, when discussing the pros and cons of different bank account options, a joint account actually offers greater transparency and access. However, it's not in and of itself a solution to a lopsided power or money dynamic in a relationship. In fact, that transparency can actually be used to further control spending. And this imbalance can even lead to what some experts call financial abuse. Wow. Okay. So, uh, financial abuse, I must admit, I haven't heard a lot about that one. Well, there are many kinds of abuse, and financial abuse is one of the more subtle forms. Uh, in fact, according to a national network to end domestic violence, uh, there is a report titled Understanding Financial Abuse. And this kind of abuse is used to control and isolate partners, Tony. In fact, the experience is unique to each specific relationship. So financial abuse may include controlling how money is spent, or restricting access to money, or, or giving an allowance, uh, even withholding access to, necessity, uh, to necessities like medication or food, also restricting a partner's ability to work or even make money. And lastly, uh, even in some extreme cases, theft of money, credit, or even identity. Pretty amazing, right, Tony? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's so, crazy. Yeah. And, and, you know, it really is crazy, believe it or not. We see this happen out here, even in our community in Southern Oregon. It's just amazing the different things we see and, and that term greed, you know, what people think about money and what they're willing to do for money is just unbelievable. In fact, the full report is actually available as part of the Moving Ahead Through Financial Management curriculum and can be downloaded at nnedv.org. Yeah, those are some heavy things to consider, but it sounds like that report would be a good resource. Well, so true. In fact, the report has valuable tips on some more healthy and productive ways couples can actually talk about their finances and their desires and overall needs. Every relationship and its financial picture is going to be very unique. Perhaps one member of the couple manages the day-to-day -day finances and bill paying. This might be functional and even fit well with both individuals' personalities. However, both should have access to and regular input on all financial decisions. Couples in healthy financial relationships can have different values related to money, but joint financial goals should be negotiated and planned uh, together You know, as, as the actual couple. And couples that set plans to meet these joint goals and support one another in the process are much more likely to feel like they are in a health money re uh, relationship or partnership, not an unhealthy one, Tony. In fact, both partners should have access to their money and needing to ask permission or hiding money or spending should absolutely be a red flag. The bottom line is healthy financial relationships are about compromise, honesty, and equality. In fact, in my opinion, those are vital aspects of any part of an interpersonal relationship, be they romantic, professional, or even other. Right. That's a great point, Herschel. And, and before we move on, share that website once again where we can get that report. Well, you bet, Tony. The report and more resources are available at nnedv.org as part of their Moving Ahead curriculum, a financial empowerment resource. 
And as a reminder for the listeners, the information in this curriculum is intended to be general advice for individuals in, a, in, a, in, a, in an actual abusive relationship. But not everyone's situation is the same, as we very well know. So you may need specific advice for your situation. If so, I would contact a domestic violence advocate or visit thehotline.org. You may also consider contacting a financial advisor, preferably a fiduciary, or even an attorney, Tony. Now, we're going to turn our attention to the final two issues from the Investopedia article. Right. And so uh, we've certainly covered a lot already today. And just as a reminder to our listeners, if they want uh, to review any portion of this show or past shows, uh, they can go to the website, jonesfinancialtalk.com, and listen to this show, subscribe to the show as a podcast. Now, on to those final two issues from that article. Well, you bet, Tony. The last two money issues that affect relationships are related, literally. They are children and extended family. Now, the decision to have children is a big question for any relationship. Raising a child is, is really no easy financial task, as both you know and I know, right, Tony? Yep, exactly. In fact, according to the most recent available information, the average cost of raising a child from birth to age 17 is $233,610 in a married two-parent middle-income family with two children. Now, Tony, this information comes from a 2017 U.S. Department of Agriculture report using information from 2011 to 2015 and figured in $2,015. So with inflation, a likely factor, you can expect that number to increase in the future. But let's just figure, between two dollars and $300,000, that's a lot of money, yeah, isn't it, it is. Tony? That's huge. You know, so having children impacts not just the pocketbook, but also the calendar. Does one partner stay at home when the children are younger? How does this impact long-term retirement strategy or career advancement goals, for example? Yeah, those are important questions. And again, I think it comes back to those three things, Herstal, that are really vital to any healthy financial relationship, which are compromise, honesty, and equality, right? Well, exactly. Those three are important when it comes to extended family relationships as well. And I'm going to throw in mine, which is communication. Communication is key when it comes to anything regarding finances and relationships, Tony. Now, the issue of money and extended family can involve gifts that one side of the family can actually afford and, for example, the other cannot. Or the expectation of extravagant vacations and expenses that might not fit into the partnership's budget. It could even be loaning money to family members in need for a business venture. Now, each of these scenarios can increase stress and cause problems in any relationship or partnership, Tony. Yeah, and money can really drive a wedge between people. We know that. I think we can all think of at least one example, right? Well, there's no doubt about that. In fact, stress and friction between relatives over money feels all too common. Often, we, we think of lending money when it comes to money challenges with extended family. And that's why our last resource for today's show is an article from moneycrashers.com titled Nine Tips for Lending Money to Family and Friends. Now, let's examine a few of these tips before we end our time together today. First, let me say that, in my opinion, it's always dangerous to lend money to family and friends. It's also a good idea not to lend money with the expectation of being paid back on simple good faith. Yeah. Now, these tips actually help you set up terms that make lending possible, even if it isn't necessarily desirable or recommended. Yeah, and I'm sure what you meant there, Herstal, is in your opinion, it's always dangerous to lend money to family and friends. 
unless you're giving that money to Tony Shore, unless it's me. <laughs> and then her exactly. Solicit, you know, uh, no holds barred. But the part about not expecting being paid back, that's accurate. <laughs> so Exactly. So what are the top tips, in your opinion, from that article? Well, I feel that the first tip is especially good. Deal with cash only. Now, avoid any connection or contract that could impact your credit score. Do not open a credit card in their name or co-sign on a loan. Those situations uh, put you in a position where someone else's actions could impact your financial future. And dealing with cash avoids these entanglements. Also, only lend what you can afford. And again, this goes back to the very real possibility that you'll not be paid back for this loan. Now, if such a loan puts you into dire financial straits, you could find yourself in a financial situation worse than that of the person who you actually loan the money to. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Those are good tips. Anything else? Well, there are a few more that I think I'd like to touch on for today's show, Tony, if we have time. And they are setting terms and getting it in writing. Now, make sure that you and the person you are loaning cash to has agreed to the repayment terms, including potential interest rates and schedule. A written document can actually help in the future if the agreement turns sour. And finally, worst case scenarios, it's vital to discuss the potential ramifications of breaking the agreement. That could be late charges, a collection process, or even legal action. And it's not comfortable, but asking for money rarely is a comfortable experience, as we know. Right, Tony? Yeah, right. Also, if you're not able to follow these tips, you may want to avoid loaning money at all. Perhaps there are other service-based ways to help. You could even offer to refer them to your financial services professional to help them examine other financial options. You know, we've covered quite a wide range of potentially damaging issues today, Herstel. Well, that we have, Tony. So what can be done to avoid these potentially damaging money issues? Often the best way to combat these issues is with communication and honesty. Using tools like the color of money risk analysis to determine risk tolerance can be a very, very helpful step. And discussing money can be difficult and uncomfortable, and there's no magic wand that can ease all of your financial stress. However, taking important steps today can help you avoid potentially negative consequences down the road. So make time to have that difficult talk soon, before it becomes a relationship-killing money issue. Right. Well, as usual, our time has just flown by. We're out of time for today's show. Herstel, is there anything else you want to add? Well, Tony, I would definitely encourage the listeners to visit our website as it's a great resource of information at www.jonesfinancialtalk.com or simply contact our office directly to schedule a no-cost obligation strategy session at 541-773-9567. All right, and that does it for today's episode of Jones Financial Talk with our host, Herstel Jones. Yes, and join us again for another episode of Jones Financial Talk. Take care and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Jones Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Herstel Jones at Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Call 541-773-9567 or visit their website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. 
Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions as a registered investment advisor in the state of Oregon. Insurance products and services are offered through Jones & Associates Premier Insurance Solutions. Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions and Jones & Associates Premier Insurance Solutions are affiliated companies. Crystal Jones and Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.